Mark chapter 2, verse 23, we'll be reading through chapter 3 and verse 6. Mark chapter 2, verse 23 says, And it came to pass that when he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day, and his disciples began as they went to pluck the ears of corn. And the Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? And he said unto them, Have you never read what David did when he had need and was in hunger, he and they that were with him? How he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar the high priest and did eat the showbread, which was not lawful to eat but for the priest, and gave also to them which were with him. And he said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. And he entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man there which had a withered hand. And they watched him, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. And he saith unto the man which had the withered hand, Stand forth. And he saith unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days, or to do evil, to save life, or to kill it? But they held their peace. And when he had looked round about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he saith unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched out, and his hand was restored whole as the other. And the Pharisees went forth, and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him, how they might destroy him. And there's a message there in uh, chapter and uh, verse 6 about the Pharisees, the supposed uh, religious leaders of the day, consorting with the Herodians. I mean, they were so anti-Jesus, they were willing to consort with some of the uh, some of the more vile sinners of their day in order to oppose Jesus. And there's, there's something worth talking about there, but we're going to focus on verse 27, that the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Something you don't hear preached about these days too often is about the Sabbath day, what, what the Sabbath is, how we to, are to observe the Sabbath. You see, the Gospel of Mark was written to show us who Christ is by showing us what Christ did. In our passage today, Mark shows us how Jesus has compassion. He had compassion on his disciples who were plucking the ears of corn because they were hungry, and so they were getting food along the way. He showed his compassion upon the man that had the withered hand by healing him on the Sabbath day. And in the midst of all this, Jesus says the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. In other words, the Sabbath was given for man's benefit. That's how compassionate our Lord is. That's how compassionate God is. Today we're going to look at how God saw us, saw our nature, saw our habits, saw what we would be doing and saw the need to give us a day that we would pause. Not only to worship him, but also to rest. Now, if we're going to talk about the Sabbath, we have to understand where the Sabbath came from. And so the laws of the Sabbath are given to us in Exodus chapter 20 and verses 8 through 11. Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. If I can get there myself. Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. We'll take a look at the Sabbath. 
Exodus chapter 20, of course, the chapter in which the Lord, that God gave us the Ten Commandments. And in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, the Lord said, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath day of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and resteth on the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and hallowed it. Verse 8 tells us, remember the Sabbath day, and keep it holy. Remember the Sabbath day, that seventh day, that one day of the week. Remember that day and keep it holy. What does it mean to keep it holy? It means to set it aside and to set it aside for God. This is the Lord's day. This is God's day. We are setting this day aside for the Lord. This is a special day. It's his it is the first fruits of the week. That is the most important day. And we are setting that day aside for God. There is a concept in today's culture that says, well, it doesn't matter when you take your Sabbath, just take one, any, any one day. Um, and I understand that there are situations where you have first responders and military and people who have to work on Sundays. Okay, I, I get that. But the idea that we can just de designate any day as our Sabbath day means that if I need my Sabbath to be on Wednesday this week, my Sabbath will be on Wednesday next week, it'll be on Thursday. And what we wind up doing is we wind up trying to fit God into our schedule. When really what we ought to be doing is working our schedules around God. So we need to remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. Okay, that means we set the day aside for the Lord. So we are to, in verse 9 in, in Exodus chapter 20, in Exodus chapter 20, verse 9, we are to accomplish our work in six days. Verse 9 says, six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. So what you've got to get done this week, you need to get it done in six days because the seventh day is the Sabbath day. It is set aside for the Lord. But on the seventh day, in verse 10, is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God in it. Thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy, maid, thy manservant, thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. So on the seventh day, we should cease from our labors. We should quit working. We should not work. And we should not force other people to work for us. It would be easy as a business owner for me to say, well, I'm going to observe the Sabbath and keep it holy. But my store is still going to be open on Sunday. And therefore, my staff has to go, listen, cashier, you've got to work on Sunday. We've got to make the money, but I'm observing the Sabbath. Guys, if y'all go out and eat today, don't preach at the waitress for working on Sunday. Okay? Give her a good tip. All right? We'll talk about how that fits into this passage later on. Okay? There are some people that just, they wind up having to work on Sunday. Um, and if you wind up being in a position where you are requiring services on a Sunday and somebody is providing you services, bless them in a special way, okay? Because this is the Lord's day. We set this day aside, all right? So why did God say, six days shalt thou work, and on the seventh day you should do no work? 
Why did God say, remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy? Why did God tell us to set this day aside? Exodus chapter 20, verse 11. For in six days the Lord God made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and resteth the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. God rested on the seventh day. God rested on the Sabbath. Was God tired? No. What happened? We go back to Genesis chapter 1. We read the account of the creation, right? And then we see God institute the Sabbath on the seventh day when we get over to Genesis chapter 2. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, the Bible tells us, On the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. God took a day where he ceased his work, and he enjoyed the goodness of his creation. You see him in the creation, chapter 1. And he separated the light from the dark, called the light day, the dark night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. God said it is good. He separated the waters from the waters. He gave us the sky. He gave us the firmament. He gave us the, the birds. He gave us the plants. He gave us the ground. He gave us the animals. And he blessed it and said it is good, right? He created man in his own image. And he said... This is not good. This poor guy's alone. He needs a wife. So he makes a wife. And he sees man and woman together. And at the end of all of his creation, six days he accomplishes all this. And at the end of it he says, it's good. And on the seventh day, God rested. He stopped and he just enjoyed his creation and said, it is good. God had such a good day that day. The title of the sermon is the day that God took off. God had such a good day that day. He decided that we needed to be able to enjoy a day like that. That we need to be able to rest and recuperate. But also to take a day to enjoy his goodness and to enjoy the fruit of our labor. We need a day to be able to sit back, relax, and rest, and be able to say, it is good. God felt that we needed that day. God loves us. He gave us that day. And therefore, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was for our benefit. We were not created for the purpose of worshiping the Sabbath. And that's what the Pharisees have all wrong about this. The Pharisees, the Pharisees were so good at making life miserable for everybody. They took the one thing that God gave us that was supposed to be an enjoyable day and an enjoyable thing, and they turned it into a burden. You can't do this on the Sabbath. You can't do that on the Sabbath. You couldn't enjoy anything on the Sabbath because it was violating the Sabbath. But, you were, but that violated what the Sabbath was supposed to be about. Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. 
There are three things that we need to learn about the Sabbath. First of all, the Sabbath is a gift. Second of all, the Sabbath requires faith. And third of all, the Sabbath honors God. The Sabbath is a gift from God. Verse 27, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. In examining man's needs, God saw man's need for the Sabbath because it is human nature to continue to struggle. Our nature says we must continue to struggle. We must continue to fight. We must continue to do. I was in a, I was in a meeting one day as in a job interview for a sales position in Paris, Texas. This was 15 years ago, long, long time ago. And the sales manager there at this station in Paris, Texas told me that the words I need to live by are as follows. If it is to be, it is up to me. I have to do everything myself. I have to take care of myself. I have to take responsibility for everything. When you live according to those words, there is never any rest. Because if you stop for a moment, everything will come undone. And you live under that fear. All right? That's man's nature. To struggle. To survive. To struggle. To, sur to thrive. Some people are not struggling to survive. Some people are just struggling to maintain their level of thrivalness. Why does a multimillionaire work on the Sabbath? He's not worried about losing his job. No, he wants to make sure he gets more millions out of the deal, all right? When you live for the dollar, that's all you do. God saw this in us. And even if what you're doing is not making you any money, but you still want to do it. You still got to struggle for it. You still got to work for it, all right? That's human nature to continue to do this day in and day out. And we also want to stop and we also want to rest. But when you don't take that day of the Sabbath, you don't really get it all out. God saw this. God saw the need to break the cycle once per week to give us a day where we could set our struggle aside and just enjoy the goodness of God and worship him and enjoy the blessings that he has poured out on us. He saw our need for that. God rested. God enjoyed his goodness and the goodness of his creation. And he decided that we ought to have that opportunity too. And therefore, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Today, we need the Sabbath more than ever. Because our lives are busier today than they have ever been. We never get to turn it off, do we? You may not be at work seven days a week, but you're worried about something seven days a week, are you not? It never quits. I mean, you know, we started out with CNN. Then we got CNN and Fox. Then we got CNN and MSNBC and MSN and CNBC and about a dozen different cable networks. But we could turn the TV off. But now they get on your phone and they send you text messages. The president just ate fried chicken with a knife and a fork. Panic. China just did something. Panic. Kim Jong-un just invited Justin Timberlake for a personal concert. Panic! I made that up, by the way. <laughs> Justin Timberlake, to my knowledge, has never been to North Korea. But you get, but, but you, but you get these, you know. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, I don't even know where I get them from. I get Google alerts that tell me. I've got to, and I've got to pay attention to this. This Google alert came, bling, on my phone. And Odell Beckham Jr. got traded to the Browns. 
The world is upside down now. Yes, that's, that happened. I mean, we never get to turn it off, do we? No. Our lives are busier now. We're worried about more. We're keeping up with more. We're paying attention to more. We have more activities and responsibilities, and they're starting to spill over into Sunday, and they're starting to get packed into Sunday, and they're starting to get packed into Wednesday nights. The early independent school district prides itself on how well they stress kids out. They don't tell you that. But they will brag about how their kids are all involved in a dozen different activities. I've got kids, I've dropped them off at the school at 7 o'clock in the morning, gone back and picked them up 7 o'clock that night. And this is what it is to be a good kid in 21st century America. And it's not just early. Brownwood does this. All the schools do this. We've got to put them in, on, on travel baseball teams so that they can have a shot at the major someday and everything else. And we've got our kids so busy that they don't even realize what's happening. We need the Sabbath more than ever. We don't take that break to enjoy the goodness of God anymore. We don't take that break to enjoy the fruits of our labor. We don't take that break to worship God. If you look at our culture as a whole, it shows. If you look at our churches, it shows. If you look at our mental and our spiritual health, and even our physical health, It shows. We are better, healthier, and more emotionally, mentally, and spiritually healthy when we take our God-given break of the Sabbath. And we haven't even talked about Sabbath years. They had that in the Old Testament. They were supposed to take a year off every seven years. My goodness, how you'll never build a career doing that in in modern culture. I'm not even going to talk to you about the Sabbath year today. Let's just talk, let's just pick a day. I'm all about it. I'd love to do it. But let's, let's, let's start with what we can do right now. The day, the Sabbath. We need it. It's a gift of God. We should take it. But to take that gift that God has given us in the Sabbath, we have to have faith. The whole concept of the Sabbath is to cease from your labors, to rest and recuperate, to enjoy God's goodness, to worship, and to step out of or to set aside the daily struggle. Now, if you're going to do this, you're going to have to have faith that God has got your back on this, that God is going to catch you, that God is not going to let you fall because you took his gift of the Sabbath day. That requires faith to do. Brother Leland, I'd love to take a Sabbath, but you don't understand everything that's on my list. Listen, I've got a list too. All right, we've all got lists. We've all got deadlines. We've all got things we've got to do. To set all of that aside for one day and just enjoy the goodness of God, we've got to trust that God is going to honor that. And this is not an idea we just came up with. God gave us this. He commanded it. So to do this, it's an act of faith. You have to trust that God will take care of you on that day. The Israelites, when they were in the wilderness, uh, God told them that they're going to gather their manna every day of the week except for the Sabbath. So gather two days on the day before so you'll have plenty 
on the Sabbath. In modern culture, we buy extra Chick-fil-A nuggets on Saturday just to make sure we're covered for the next date. And no, I'm kidding. But the Israelites were like, I don't know. The last time we gathered extra manna, that stuff turned. God said, trust me, it's not going to turn this time. And they learned. You have to trust God to obey him. You have to trust him that you, he will take care of you. You have to trust God and trust that you will not, quote unquote, lose ground. And this runs contrary to human nature because human nature says, if I'm not pressing forward, I'm falling back. But if you take this day, you have to trust God that you will not fall back. God has given you a gift, a day off, a day of rest, a day to enjoy his goodness, to just be able to stop and enjoy it. I could make the case that this God wants you to go fishing on Sundays after church. All right? He wants you to enjoy his creation, his goodness. He's given you that gift. Do you have the faith to take that gift? And finally, the Sabbath honors God. So Jesus is walking along here with his disciples, and they're hungry. And when they're hungry, they're hungry. You know, we don't, well, I don't, really, a lot of us don't understand hunger. We get the, the, the urge to eat. There's an empty space in the tummy. We're like, it's, it's time to fill that void up. But in Jesus' day, they didn't have drive through McDonald's. And so when they got hungry, they were hungry because they hadn't been snacking all day. And so hunger was a real issue then. And so his disciples, they're hungry. I mean, they're t- I mean we're talking, when you, when you start to get the shakes because you haven't eaten in a long time, that ever happened to you? That's where they're at. And so they're walking along and they pluck the ears of corn and, and they rub the kernels off and they're eating. And the Pharisees say, oh, that's not lawful. God never said he wanted people to starve on the Sabbath. And then Jesus goes to the synagogue. And there's a man there with a withered hand. And the Pharisees all know who the man is. And they know Jesus. And they know what Jesus does. And they know what Jesus is about. And they're going to say, we're going to set this up and see what he does. And Jesus says, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath day or to do evil? Is it lawful to save life or to kill? What are you supposed to do on the Sabbath day? Are you supposed to do good on the Sabbath day? Or are you supposed to do evil on the Sabbath day? Are you supposed to give life or are you supposed to take life on the Sabbath? They're not going to answer the question. Because given those two options, the option is obviously to do good. To do good would mean that this man gets healed. And to admit that would be to admit that Jesus is right. And the Pharisees don't want to do that. So they held their peace. And this grieves Jesus. He's angry at them and he is grieving over them because of the hardness of their hearts. These guys are so sold on their religious power that they are, A, willing to argue against God and and reject him and B, allow this man to suffer in the process. This was grieving Jesus. It bothered him. Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil? The Pharisees had forgotten what the Sabbath was all about. You know, we honor and we glorify God 
when we observe the Sabbath. I believe that. You know, and, and that, that, that's one thing that helps get the gospel passed down generation to generation is setting aside that day for God. There's a song by um, Alabama. The song was called High Cotton. And he was, they were singing about growing up in the South. And he was singing about on Sunday mornings they'd get dressed for church and hand-me-downs and how it impressed him when he was a kid that Sunday was the only day his daddy wouldn't work. So you got this songwriter that even works it into a mainstream popular country song about the impression he got from his father observing the Sabbath. We honor God, we glorify God when we observe the Sabbath. And if we honor and glorify God by observing the Sabbath, how much more when we do good on the Sabbath? That's where the waitress at the restaurant comes in. Because nobody says, you know what, I'd like to wait tables on Sundays. Now you go, you could go poll 100 students at early high school. How many of y'all want to be Sunday waitresses when you graduate high school? I don't think you'll get a single yes. All right. So I could sit here and say you shouldn't go out to eat on Sundays. Then I'd be a hypocrite. But if you do go out and eat on a Sunday, do good. Amen. Bless somebody. Um, give them a good tip. Share the love of Jesus with them. Do good on the Sabbath. The main point that Jesus is making here is that we need to remember what the Sabbath is for. To rest, to enjoy God's blessing, to worship, and then to glorify God. And so when we do that, then we see that it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Which means that these churches that do Sunday afternoon nursing home ministries, that's work. But you're doing good on the Sabbath. To bless somebody, to help somebody, to minister to somebody, that's good to do on the Sabbath because you're honoring God and you're glorifying God. The Sabbath was never intended to be a religious rite, something you had to do in order to be religiously pious. The Sabbath was God seeing a need that man had to be able to rest, enjoy his blessings, and to worship, and to break the stress cycle one day per week. That's what it's all about. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will bring you rest. Do you believe that promise? Do you believe that the Lord gives rest? Or are you still working for your salvation? Do you believe that the Lord gives rest? Or are you still struggling for survival? Or are you still struggling to, to thrive? Do you believe that the Lord will give you rest? Or does that seem like a distant fantasy to you? Believe that the Lord will give you rest. And express that belief by observing the Sabbath.